Yes, definitely not recording. Continue, Omar. <laughs> so, cruises. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the uh the the person that I went with was was uh older than me, Omar. So, uh tell tell us more. Um <clears throat> You're listening to the Gimme Five Podcast, <laughs> episode 237. Don't make this difficult for me to edit. Whether you like it or not. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we are going to talk about pop culture, um, entertainment news, which I forgot to get, movies, I don't think we're doing any music or books today, Um, we're going to talk about some Florida weirdness, and whatever else may have caught our eye this week. I'm Steve, and I'm joined by... Other Steve. Other just, Steve is back, baby. It's just and then Steve. Stephen the third. <laughs> no, also Steve. Stephen V I I I. So <laughs> that we that are collectively known as we are collective. <laughs> I thought you said the third. Yeah, but then I added another V in there, and it doesn't. Matter. Then you added a V in front of it. So now you're just collectively known Steve's. as the Steves. <laughs> Um, this week, what are we talking about? The Steve Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve Adore. Um, Steve we're going to talk about the, uh, Paramount Plus show Halo that apparently I'm not allowed yeah. to watch because it won't play on my television. Um, I'm not watching it because I don't have Paramount uh, Plus. I want to see it. Uh, we're talking about next Netflix's takeover of the, the original, like originally it was on the history channel, but the show Vikings and now it's called Vikings Valhalla. And I believe also on Netflix, uh, making fun. It's on Netflix, is that correct? Yeah. yeah are we going to spoil my making fun? I don't know that we'll uh, spoil it, but here, here's what happens: we talk about stuff and review stuff. When we review stuff, we might slip and be like, "Yo, I really didn't like the part when so and so died." <laughs> and someone's going to be like, "How I was dare you make tell me appropriate sexual comment?" But I'll refrain. <laughs> okay, well, a one thing that is not a spoiler is actually it is a spoiler if Rob refrains from making a sexual comment. We're going to play a little game I like to call "Just the Tip," <laughs> followed up so, by "Ouch, ouch, you're on." <laughs> not sure what that has to do with spoilers, but we will spoil things, and you might get warned. Uh, we are warning you because we uh, don't want you to complain. So that's it. Okay. You said sometimes we slip. Oh, uh, uh, just the tip. Okay. Just the tip. Gotcha. All right. There it is. <laughs> We've all been subjected to that now. Wait, where are we? Three. Um, I don't know. Anything happen in entertainment news, Will Smith? Yeah. I know we're going to end up talking about this a little bit. It's uh, 
it's one of those it, those weird pop culture moments that people are going to reference forever until it like. I mean, it's already been it was driven into the dirt by eleven o'clock last night. Yeah, I didn't know about it until this morning. But so, I do have a question. Go ahead. Well, we haven't even said what it is yet. Is this part of the question? Do, do, yeah. Do you okay? Do you know what Chris Rock found on his face this morning? Oh God! Wait. Um, I saw this one. All right, what is it? That's it. Prince P R I N. Okay. Uh, okay. There's so many of those. It's like it's taken over social media. Yeah. Like everything yeah. is those is to those two, but it's such an extreme thing. He has become a. It looks. I, I thought it was fake at first. <clears throat> so we're of course talking about the Will Smith Chris Rock thing. Uh, I'm the only one of of us to see this live, and I was kind of confused because everything just kind of went quiet. And I guess I didn't. The camera cuts in a way that I didn't see what was what yeah, had actually happened purpose, with the right? slapping. And I was, I didn't quite understand the joke beforehand. And I'm never a big fan of that type of humor anyway. The like, just like making fun of people that clearly don't want to be made fun of, like punching down. I don't know. I'm, I like I like self referential humor. Yeah. Like I, honestly, my favorite joke of the whole night was uh, not to get too far off here, but was uh, I can't remember her name now. Um, uh, blonde chick from Trainwreck. Either way, that's kind of her joke. She basically was like, "Hi, you must, you might know me as they couldn't get Melissa McCarthy." <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. It's like, yeah, yeah, and like that. That's like that kind of stuff. But there was a joke made at the expense of Will Smith's wife, uh, who has alopecia. I don't know if Chris. I don't think Chris Rock knew that that was the case. Uh, Will Smith took exception laughed at first looked back at his wife she was rolling her eyes then he got up and took exception yeah and, and that kind of makes it seem disingenuous that's kind of one of the reasons yeah. it was so odd the way it went down i thought this was this staged like what's going on i'm not saying it is i'm not a conspiracy guy it just seems no, i don't think it was staged. It, no it wasn't staged just the way that chris agreed reacted, it wasn't yeah. staged i'm just saying that was my initial reaction like my first you know and and Greg, you you had a great point when we were talking about it earlier. You said, "Is it possible that they were both wrong?" And yes, it absolutely absolutely is possible that they were both wrong. Now, Chris Rock is a little bit more forgivable, being that if he in fact didn't know that she had a medical condition, because I mean, making fun of somebody with a medical condition is like, I mean, is there an amputee here you'd like to poke fun at too? Mm. I mean, do you, is there a little kid with leukemia yeah, that you want to make say, fun yeah. of? You know, whatever. Or like, uh, or uh, who is that? There's a a, well, she's not young anymore. She's like our age, but is Anne Hathaway that has something like she? D- that's why she kind of dropped out really? of, of acting. I have, I have no idea. I didn't know that. But the the, the nervous uh, Parkinson's, I think, or something along uh-huh. those lines. Uh-huh. But I mean, but, but somebody who has something that they can't do anything about is not really a a topic for you to make jokes of. Um, <clears throat> but if Chris Rock didn't know about it. I mean, it's somewhat forgivable in that instance, um, but it should be something that should be addressed. Um, but no matter, I, and I'll say this up front because this is this is something that I've thought about recently a lot. Um, no matter what anybody says, it does not give you the right to assault them. Somebody just saying something, whether you agree with it or not, whether you find it offensive, it does not give you the right to assault them. And I'm amazed by how many people 
um, in comments and stuff are siding with Will Smith and think he was justified in assaulting Chris Rock. Right. I was very surprised by that. Uh, sorry, I was wrong. It was uh, Selma Blair and multiple sclerosis. Oh, okay. I was wrong on both accounts. Oh, Selma Blair. Hmm, that's fun. Um, but I felt like, I, I feel like in today's society, people have gotten to the point where they feel like it's okay to demonize someone for having a different opinion or even assault them if they don't like what they say. And it, it seems like people are okay with that, and I really don't understand where that goes. Yeah, that's not an acceptable way to deal with stuff. I mean, especially when you have comedians presenting at, at, at shows like that. That's pretty standard. That's like a traditional thing. Like they make... It's a roast. You know, they do make yeah, little jokes and things like that. And I don't... But even so, I don't see... I am more than happy to be slightly offended and then go to an after party where I get to eat all-you-can-eat cocktail Correct. shrimp. Yeah. And and I don't watch the Oscars anyway because I've always felt like it's a bunch of overprivileged babies patting themselves yeah. on the back. Yeah. So it's not anything that I feel that I have to watch. And the awards are never – it seems like the awards are almost never for, you know, who actually truly was the best. It's all politically uh, politically charged or, or who has the most poignant uh, – um, uh, topical whatever at the moment, and it, it's never for the best, uh, the best, the, the truly best in the category. It's always it always has to do with something politically charged, which is just stupid. Lately, I don't know that. I mean, I'm sure that yeah. was the case, you know, at different times. But you know, I do remember, you know, great movies actually winning. Um, I always talk to the the film people where I work. And if if it's a movie, they've told me, "Hey, you got to see this. Um, it's awesome." Like, in fact, Joel, who was on the show not too long ago, he he had told me, "Like, you got to see Coda." And like, I don't know, it seems kind of much. And as you put here, that was the one that won Best Picture. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. real quick, just to jam through that, um, Coda won for Best Picture. What is that about, by the way? Uh, it means children of deaf adults. Oh. It is the story of. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know that. It, you know that's going to win. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be really, really good, but it's not politically anything, like you said that. In fact, actually, see, I, you're dead wrong on that. I mean, I didn't want to argue because I don't want this to go long. I don't, I don't know what it is, so. But no, I'm talking about in general. Like, the problem is is that, that they would shy away from the political movies. Like, political, I'm not talking about, like, causes. And people got annoyed at that. Well, and when- then they swung back the other way. Right. When I when I say political, I mean I mean the the society. Like the help. Stuff. You mean like the help or yeah, correct. Like the the, the, crash. the stuff with the yeah, the stuff with the with gotcha. the um the yeah. Not I don't actually like, mean not, like not politics. stuff like not stuff like Nixon. Right. Right, right. right. I don't I don't mean politics. I mean whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I but um no coda is it's uh actually I think it's a kind of a feel good tale. It's a, a girl who is who wants to be a musician, her parents are all um, uh, deaf, like, and they're uh, deep-sea fishermen, I think. And she she has to, like, kind of break free. And it's it's supposed to be very, very good. I don't know what the hook is, because a lot of these movies always have, like, a hook at the end where something happens. Like, I remember, like, Little Miss Sunshine. Everyone was, like, talking about it, talking about it, or that, what was that movie with, like, the British people being naked? Oh, the dudes they make. Like, we're, like, yeah. it was, like, they made, Full like, money. a calendar or Full something. Money. Yeah, and it was like, well, what's the big deal? And then the big hook was it was old right. dudes getting naked at the end, like for a shock value, crying game, that kind of thing. 
So um, it's supposed to be really good, and it's available free, I think, on Amazon, and I probably will watch it at some point. It's just too much going on right now. Um, too much other stuff to watch. There's just a quick little whatever rundown, but um, let's see. For actress in a supporting role, Ariana DeBose from West, uh, West Side Story. And the actor in a supporting role was Troy Kotzer, also from CODA. Um, the These are in like a weird order. Um, actor in a, a leading role, Will Smith for King Richard. Um, and he that was apparently the next thing that happened or very shortly after the slapping incident. Uh, about 45 minutes. Oh, really? Ago. Yeah. The way that it was... The, next, the very next thing that happened was Questlove winning for Summer of Soul, which... Yeah, it's, Summer of Soul, Summer of Soul wins for. I one hundred percent agreed with because that that but was so I, good. The way that it was because I didn't see the actual show, but it's funny that you say that the Will Smith thing. I the way that I saw some of the, I guess headlines or whatever you would call it on social media, sort of implied that it happened like pretty soon after, like the way that they was they were written. I guess they do that. No, because I mean they they hadn't. There was still a musical performance. Yeah, see, was, I had no idea. Um, at, it happened. Yeah, it happened like at my child's bedtime. And I then had to go up. I got. I told my wife about it. She went downstairs and watched it. And then we kind of did that thing. We were pausing. Right, right, right. And then there was still in memorial um, the Lady Gaga thing, um, where Lady Gaga and uh, Liza Minnelli, who was, uh, which actually was my, like the sweetest moment of the night, where Liza Minnelli was having some is having some medical problems. Speaking of, and Lady Gaga was like, "I've got you. You're good. Don't oh. worry." It was like you. It was on a. It was caught on a live mic. It was actually sweet. That's nice. That's cool. Yeah, I love her. Um, last one I'll mention is the actress in a leading role, Jessica Chastain, who's awesome, in uh, the Eyes of Tammy Faye. She took the Oscar for that. Yeah, but she's a redhead. So no soul. You shut your. Mouth Whatever. Out. She was awesome in Interstellar. Nice. She- I would like to say that I disagree with the best animated feature. Oh. I do as actually I do as well. I knew I knew it was going to win because the people that vote and that's one of the cases I think the people that vote on it don't have any idea what they're talking about because they're like just ask their kids or whatever. Mitchell's versus the machine. Yeah, you guys like, yeah. raved about that movie. I now don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the because Disney had three movies in the lineup. I mean, Disney had Encanto, Luca, and Raya and the Last Dragon, and I enjoyed all three of those. But the, Mitchell's versus the machines was was such a great movie. I thought the Mitchell's vs. Machine was more groundbreaking and in and that, extremely clever. And it, it was modernized and and I don't I don't know. Yeah, I guess better written, just humor wise, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I go for with those movies. The gags and the I don't now, know, the, if you if you want to say best children's feature, okay, I can give you Encanto for that because I do think Mitchell's vs. the Machines was probably geared at a little bit older crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what it is. Right, it's best animated feature, and Mitchell's versus Machines was the best animated yeah. feature. Anyway, uh, there's that. And then the sad news. Also, sad news. I got this text from Omar, and I was it was a, it was a weird moment actually, because like uh, I was actually like that night. I was the reason I didn't answer the text right away is I was kind of all cuddled up with my wife. Because I was feeling like, you know, I needed to tell her that I love her and just cuddle up and not have phones and TV or anything like that. 
which I know is sad and sappy and whatever. But all right, what'd you do? And I had what'd this you like do wrong weird this like. I'm just kidding. I didn't do anything wrong. I just got this like weird <laughs> solemn feeling, and it was like right around the time that it happened. So like when I got that text, I was like, hmm. "You're like what the hell?" Um, that Taylor Hawkins had passed away, and you know me. I I mean I'm literally have Foo Fighter tickets sitting in my phone for two. I mean I'm guessing I'm assuming it's not happening now, but for two months from now. And Taylor Hawkins, the drummer from the Foo Fighters, uh, passed away. He was their drummer for uh, 25 years. I yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, 25 years before that the- band lasted. I mean, I'm not saying it's over, but it's what five times longer than Nirvana did. <laughs> Like, it's insane how long Foo Fighters have been around. Like, they're just part of the musical landscape now. Like, Yeah, I mean, it started, when, I think, the summer the summer we got out of high school. So, summer of 96 was the first album. Was it 96? 96. I, I thought it was like 98. But point being is, you know, he's been Taylor Hawkins. Is, he wasn't in the no, band. No, 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 but, no. Um, but he's been with them for so long. He was previously the drummer for mm-hmm. Alanis Morissette. Um, and, uh, this, that one actually hit me kind of hard, you know, like I, when I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I was like, is that you wake up and then you, it hits you all over again. I mean, obviously didn't know the person, but, uh, he was, you know, when you, I've seen them at uh, geez, four five, six times in concert and he's always so personable and waving to people and always had a smile on his face. It's and, surreal because it comes out of nowhere. Like they were just gearing up for a tour of South America that would end up uh, like, like Greg was saying uh, here sooner than later in the next two months. Um, yeah. And then you just, just dead in, in Bogota, Colombia. Like what, by the way, <clears throat> I haven't looked into it. Has there been a cause of death? Do you know, Greg? Uh, they haven't really said much. So. There were various substances found in his body, but some, a lot of them were not the fatal type. It was like, huh. Uh, antidepressant like prescription uh, antidepressant well THC isn't a prescription but that's not fatal um, so they haven't really gone too much into that uh, he had had a drug problem right. in the past um, he looked great on a like five days before there's a video on YouTube of, of their full show that they played in Brazil and he looked great he came out he, was, uh, he, was, he sang um, he uh was you know, I don't know he didn't look like there was anything wrong um the right before the Columbia concert started it was a very late they found him very late in the day I don't know exactly what happened they haven't really revealed that yet they did say that there was a man having heart trouble uh and it happened so very soon to the show meaning to the point of where the Foo Fighters set was basically about to start when oh, I didn't realize that they announced yeah they announced they brought and they put candles on the stage and they put like something on the screen and that what had happened, uh, of course, you saw the text, I think, or the, the Instagram thing that was like uh, the yeah. Fighters family. Uh, let's see, was the, I made it a little smaller. That's, that's what I sent you, I believe, if I recall correctly. Yeah, the Foo Fighters family is devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. Mm-hmm. His musical spirit and infectious laughter will leave a, on, will live on with all of us forever. Our hearts go out to his wife, children, and family. We ask that their privacy be treated with the utmost respect in this unimaginably difficult time. So he has three kids and a wife. He was 50 years old. 
And that's another one. The, uh, I mean, that was all over the social media as well. Like I, it was, it was amazing how many people like came out to su- you know support or I, I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, I mean, just looking, I just did a cursory <clears throat> glance and just the people that were talking about him, like the nicest person, like everyone said nice, everyone said right, great to work with. You know, people like, and it wasn't like current bands. Just it was like Stevie Nicks, Mick Jagger, Jimmy Page. Uh, John Paul Jones, yeah. John Stamos, not a musician, obviously. Uh, Kathy Griffin posted a picture of her with him. Ozzy, Brian May from Queen. Axel, Kiss, Tom Morello, Perry Farrell, Questlove, Billie Eilish. That's a, new, a newer one, obviously. Leanne Rimes, Billy Idol, all people that have worked with them or played with shows with them and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for Dave. Like, it's, I know it's, he has a, I know that Taylor Hawkins has a family. But the first person it went, I, I thought so too. I was like, "Man, that guy must be just dev is like just not human right now." Yeah, Kurt, losing Kurt Cobain, <clears throat> losing his best friend, and then losing his right. other best friend. I mean, if you, I don't know if you you finished the book about that he wrote. The other thing was, uh, upon first meeting, our bond was immediate, and we grew closer every day. Every song, every note that we ever played together. Girl wrote, this is in his book, not as not posthumously. Uh, we are absolutely meant to be, and I am grateful that we found each other in this lifetime. I'm not afraid to say that our chance meeting was a kind of love at first sight, igniting a mythical twin flame that still burns to this day, Girl continued. Together, we have become unstoppable duo on stage and off in pursuit of any and all adventure we can find. That was like in the last chapter of his book, I believe. I haven't gotten Sorry, spoiler alert. Forget it now. I don't need to read it anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert. I was warned. Yeah. At the beginning, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a lot of uh, Foo Fighter songs about death, which is kind of weird because every band seems to have a song about death. But um, go ahead and listen to 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 uh, one of these days to to mourn, which is what I did. One of these days. Or don't do what I tell you to do. Whatever. What is it opposite day? Sure. Instead, you mm. could do something stupid. <laughs> Especially. Yeah. No, doing what I, te- doing what I tell you to do is also stupid. In Florida. Kind of comes with the territory. The stupid territory. That, that was good. That was good. That was good. Um, well, if you're stupid and you're 17 and you're 0% thinking about how this could affect you in your future. Uh, <clears throat> and this is one of those things I'll talk about this afterward but this is one of those things that ju- just irritates the shit out well there's not a lot of info but the the it was just kind of a funny headline it's I mean a little bit more than a headline but not really um, a 17 year old new Smyrna Beach high school student faces a felony charge felony mm-hmm. after deputy said that he shot a school employee in the face now, if I just stop there, that's a that's a crazy thing. But but this is Florida, so the end of that sentence mm-hmm. is with an Orbeez gun, <laughs> mm-hmm. comma lodging one of the beads in the victim's nose. <laughs> so yep. deputies said deputies said they were called to the school Monday around three twenty p.m. after the shooting. The uh, employee was like locking a like locking a gate or whatever. 
and the the student came up to her and, and shot her. And they said, it, apparently they were, they had been filming Instagram or whatever, social media videos. Was TikTok. it TikTok? Whatever. Yeah, this is, this is one of those really stupid uh, TikTok challenges or whatever, where you run up to unsuspect, or you come up on unsuspecting people and shoot them with an Orbeez gun. And people are like, oh, it's funny, funny, ha, 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 ha. You know, I mean, there are videos of people shooting a mother pushing a stroller Jesus. with an Orbeez gun, and they fired at the mother and the kid the, in the, the stroller. Um, there was a kid who was arrested because he <laughs> shot an Amazon driver in the face while they were driving down the road. Um, a, I mean, you're, 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 at that point, you're almost causing people... I mean, if he were to lose control of a vehicle and crash, people could Absolutely. have been killed. I mean, and and the fact that these kids are doing drive-by shootings, these all happened as drive-bys, with these Orbeez guns, I will have zero, zero sympathy. This is Florida, remember. And I will have zero sympathy for some dumbass kid who thinks it's funny as shit to pull out a fake gun and try and shoot somebody with it when that person thinks it's a real gun and pulls out their gun and uh, kills them. And I will have zero sympathy. Be on your team with that one. In uh, all of the like neighborhood conversations you hear, because the I mean I saw this the other day. Someone will put something up like, "Hey, whoever is the teenagers that are knocking on doors and whatever." The conversation usually goes the same way. The person will put that up, be like, tell them that you know, I'm just warning you. Yeah, it was annoying, but there are some people that shoot first, ask questions later. And then they'll be like, yeah, I would have shot them if they did this and all this stuff. Like knowing full well that we, we did the whole knocking on the doors. Well, I didn't, but well, a lot of people did. But like, but that's different. But, that's- I, I, but it's kind of the same idea. Like kids think it's all fun, but you are putting people in a position where they don't know that someone else is having fun at their expense. Right. But, but what I'm saying is, is that's different than actually assaulting someone because that's what you're doing. When you come up, when you come up to someone who is unsuspecting and you hit them with something, yeah. that's assault or battery. What it's, it's assault or battery. I don't remember which, but battery. It, okay. Assault is I'm going to. Okay. So you you're actually committing battery. Yeah. battery, which is a crime. And on top of that, you're pulling out something that could be misconstrued as a weapon to fire something at someone else. And if they're unsuspecting and they just kind of see you out of the corner of their eye, chances are they can think you're pulling a weapon on them. And, th- things can and go they south. can respond yeah. in kind thinking that they're defending themselves. And I will have zero sympathy for any of these dumbasses that get shot thinking that they're, oh, you know, this is just a TikTok challenge. Oh, ho, 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 whatever. Ho, ho, ho. Now you're dead. Good job, dumbass. Or worse. Anything that's one of those challenge. That's like my one hard and fast rule with like my parenting thing. Mm-hmm. Don't do them. Yeah. Like my kid isn't on that stuff, but he knows about them. And I'm like, I don't, if anyone tells you to do a dare. That, don't do it. Or a challenge. No, it's stupid. Tide Pods, cinnamon, whatever. Like it's all fun until it isn't. And I hate, I hate that bullshit challenge stuff. Yeah. Because most of them are so, they're just so dumb. They're just, it's stupid. There was the push that Romanian down the stairs challenge. That yeah, one was I, funny. That, that <laughs> one was a lot of fun. <laughs> I know that ended a few years ago, but I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> but it lives in our hearts. <laughs> We're waiting for it to come back. Yeah, Omar, do you want to go run stadiums with me? These things are cyclical. Stadium. These things yeah. are cyclical. 
It's like fashion. It always comes back. Like platforms. That's right. <clears throat> um, yeah, I hate stupid challenges. And kids should be smart enough to know better. But when it comes to stupid shit like social media, kids lose their fucking yeah, minds. Do. There's no thought. Kids no longer have any kind of critical thinking skills. It's, it's I think. pretty wild. No, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> they are incapable of distinguishing right from wrong when it comes to Back social media. Fiction, right from wrong, up yeah. from down. Often it is it is the dumbest shit. It's it's hard to. If you want to have this kind of conversation, go to uh, Patreon, hmm. and, and uh, we can, can have a conversation with you. Yeah, uh, you can uh, go to Patreon.com/slash/GiveMe5Podcast. You can become a patron for the low, low price of $5. And, of course, there are other levels as well uh, that get an opportunity to chat with us and figure out what we're going to be doing for the, the podcast and for the top five question. And you can even answer the top five question, and we get to talk about you on your birthday. And you get to talk about us on our – well, Omar on his birthday. <laughs> uh, notice I got past my birthday before I came up with that idea. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, thank you to all of our patrons. Yay. Oh, and if you go back one episode, you can uh, hear from uh, one of our patrons of distinction, Alec. He got to join us on our music episode. And if you're not a music fan, we're sorry. That's two hours of uh, music talk. Oh, God, I'm so glad. How, do you, how can you not be a music fan? I don't get it. That doesn't make sense to me. I, I am no, a music fan. I like music. I just don't talk about it ad, ad nauseum. Okay, well, here's okay. Here's the, the top five. I don't expect five. The top five was uh, songs that have like a, uh, a quote or a um, spoken word part in it. Uh, what would be one of yours? Just pull it right I, out of your ass. I have no idea. I, don't, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Wow. Fair enough. Okay. That's fair enough. Well, there's a lot of Disney songs that have them, actually. Are there? I think so. I feel like there's a lot of Lin Manuel Miranda songs (laughs) that have them. Yeah. But even like some of the stuff was like um, another brick in the wall. You can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat, kind of stuff. (laughs) You've apparently never heard of that. (laughs) No. You've never heard that? No. Wow, that, that blows my mind. I know Omar doesn't have any problem getting pudding. He eats all his meat. I do. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to be ashamed of oh, who I am. His mouth started okay. watering. Okay. I could okay. hear it. Okay, well, let's uh, move on. What um... do, we, do we want to talk about Vikings or burly men that make things with wood? So technically Vikings, Vikings or, Vikings. or Vikings. Vikings. Let's talk about Vikings. Okay. Vikings? Omar, good. Okay. All right. Okay. I like it. So Netflix took over the Vikings. Is it a franchise? Is that the right word? Anyway. So now Vikings Valhalla uh, was released by Netflix um, not too long ago, just about a month ago, February 25th, 2022. Um, It stars a whole range of people, but I kept it minimal. I kept it to only to the people who are in, in every episode of the uh, season. Um, Sam Corlett plays Leif Erikson. 
um, Leo Suter, um, Johannes Hukur Johannesson, uh, Lucia Richter, Christopher Reig, I think, and Para Oja. So clearly they're using a lot of like <coughs> Scandinavian Norse type actors. Um, the synopsis is that Leif Erikson, Freydis Elric Stutor. Eric's daughter. What is it? Eric's daughter. Oh, it's pronounced Eric's daughter, literally? That's painful. Yeah. And he- At least I think It looks correct. like it looks correct. It looks correct. I just didn't catch it in the show. Harold Hardrada. So these three people who I will not name again were real characters in history. They were real people. They begin an epic journey that take them. We all don't know about them in history because no one can pronounce their names. They take them across oceans and through battlefields. From Katagat, if you remember the original Vikings um, series, they, the, the, it's like their capital. Um, and they go all the way to England and beyond as they fight, they fight for survival and glory. The series shows the end of the Viking Age, barked, uh, marked by the Battle of Stamford Bridge in 1066. Um, 1066, if you will remember, if those of you that remember that, that date, it's when, um, the, uh, Normans invaded and conquered England and sort of like began, I I don't want to use the modern, the word modern, but I guess kind of like more the modern age of, of English history. Um, I think this is a solid show. I think it was really well done. Um, don't come in expecting the original Vikings that was on the History Channel. This is kind of this is part of that timeline, and sometimes those original characters or events are referenced in the show. But this takes place a hundred years later, so there, this is it's far removed. And of course, there's new characters played by new actors, and like a whole new situation: protagonists, antagonists, whatever. So it's it. To me, it feels fairly different than the original. I mean, obviously, they're still Vikings. It's still, you know, a thousand years ago, so that they're not exactly moving around in flying cars. It still looks the same. But th- there's kind of a different vibe because, again, different actors, different situations that they get in. If you liked the original, I was a big fan. I loved it. Um, I feel like you'll probably like this, too. It's definitely, definitely worth at least... Checking it out, at least like I I did watch the original. The original is fantastic. I started this one. And I think I wasn't in the mood because mm. the original. There's a lot of your main characters are terrible people, mm. and this is also me saying this. You know, like where there's early, very early episodes of the original himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a very early episode where like the Vikings go and raid a church. And there's like all these basically innocent priests that just get slaughtered. And then in horrible, horrible ways. And like there's a, a kind of a hint of that in the first episode. And I was like, oh, I'm not in the mood to go down this path, this path right now. Uh, so I, I kind of got through half of it and I was kind of iffy. And then they started talking about like the, the Saxons, I think. They were like trying to – like there was a – part where they were trying to like band the two parts of right. England together or something. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me how little I know about that time period. 
and I stopped the show and decided to start reading about that time period instead. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And and see, when I see shows, I, I, I like uh, his. I like shows that are set in like these time periods and whatnot. But when I see a show like this, I'm reminded of that show Norseman that I initially liked, and then they effed up, that was a funny and show. I haven't seen any anything since. Um, because they killed the they killed the best character in the oh, show. I didn't get that far in the second oh, did season. They? See, I never saw the second season. Yeah, they killed the best character in the show, and it's like, all right, well, there's no really anywhere to go from there. Norseman is the one that's kind of like the goofy yeah. comedy, right? It's really funny. Yes. Yeah. Well, who's who's the best character in the show? Omar? Oh gosh, I can't remember anymore. I I watched it like two years ago or whatever. It's been a while. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the uh, the the warrior the warrior wife or whatever. Yeah. The the one who was the true Viking uh-huh. female or whatever, and she was married to the guy that was kind of uh, yeah, less than and Viking. she she had like a necklace of penises. <laughs> she she was yeah, the best character was- in the show, and they killed her. <laughs> Why would they kill her? That's ridiculous. Well, and that that was kind of what I said when we reviewed it. I was like, well, they kind of painted themselves mm-hmm. into a corner, and I don't really know where the show's going to go from here. Um, and it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> they did one more season that was a prequel, and then oh. the show died off. That was a funny show. Um, I like the one thing that Omar remember. Oh, the one mm-hmm. with the necklace of penises. Yeah, how do you not? That's hard to forget. That's kind that of was fucking hilarious. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I mean, I I I do recommend it, and I do agree with you, Greg. This isn't the first time I started Vikings Valhalla. Um, I think like right when it came out, immediately I tried to watch it, and I just wasn't feeling it. Like it just wasn't. It was I wasn't there with it, so I stopped and went and did other things, and then I picked it up again, and it's pretty solid. I mean, if you're in the mood for that sort of thing, and you're if you like it, I say try it. But I like what you're doing, Greg. Uh, you said you're going back into and just like actually reading about that to like learn more. The show will make a hell. Of, yeah, yeah, I like doing, doing that the too. Wikipedia pages on yeah, that time it, period, which it's Wikipedia, so it's probably mostly true. Yeah, but then you at least go back going with some background, and you, you get like a more f- complete picture of what's actually happening. Um. That's a good idea, actually. I might, might do that and go. You're going to go down a rabbit hole. You're like, after I finish this 7,000-page book on the history of, yeah. of Europe, um, I will move on to this book about Vikings written entirely in runes, <laughs> and then I'll watch the show. Now i got to learn what runes mean. God damn it. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, from one... Uh, group of people that make things out of wood mm-hmm. to another. Let's talk about making mm-hmm. fun. Well, making fun is a series that was released on Netflix on March 4th of 2022. And it does star Jimmy DeResta, Paul Jackman, Patrick Lapierre, John Graziano, and Derek Forestier. Sure. And, Basically, the the concept of the show is that uh, Jimmy DeResta is an expert, quote-unquote, maker. And he and his four-life real friends uh, field ideas from children about, you know, really ridiculous inventions. And then, and then Jimmy decides on one of the inventions that 
him and his buddies build during the show. And they're really ridiculous things. A, like uh, the the first uh, one, the first episode was a uh, ended up being a T Rex, a T Rex that spit tacos, um, and had a toilet. Yeah, so the back of the T Rex was kind of a conveyor belt that launched tacos up this thing and mm-hmm. dropped them down onto the person sitting in the toilet. Yeah. The other was the other one. T Rex taco toilet. They called it. Yeah. And it's funny because they they'll show a bunch of the kids saying things, and the guy is like super. I mean, he's playing a character that's super grumpy, like grumpy, and like, no, you're <laughs> stupid, get out of here. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. Maybe we should do that, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, my my thoughts on this were that I I'm really not sure how much of this show I'll be able to watch. Um, initially, I thought it was kind of funny. I I like seeing the finished product. But I really kind of feel like the episodes are longer than they need to be. Do you get that feeling, Greg? I actually did. I, I was actually surprised. They're only like 38 minutes. I still felt that they were longer than they need to be. Um, and and because I feel like there's too much dead space. I mean, they, they need to make a decision on whether or not they want to be goofy or technical. Because right now, I feel like it's not really enough of either. Um but they need to make a decision and do one or the other. Um, I do like some of the technical stuff that they do, but they spend too much time on like focusing on stuff that isn't really relevant. Like they're like, okay, well we need to do this and this and this and this and this. And instead of showing you them doing that, they show them assembling shit. And I'm like, well, but wait a minute. I want to know how they did that stuff. Um, so I feel like there's not enough of these showing us of the technical stuff. Um and some of the comedy stuff is good, but it's kind of like it's kind of like sparsed out and it doesn't really it feels like they're trying to cram it in at points, you know what I mean? So I mean, I don't I honestly don't know. I I like like I said I like seeing the finished product. So I mean, it might be one of those things where I turn it on, watch it and then fast forward to the end just to see what it looked like. I but liked. I don't know how much this will actually hold my attention. I I really liked, and this kind of goes back to Mitchell's versus the machines. Some of the little things they did with the like graphics overlays, like the mm-hmm. little lines kind of flying around and stuff like that, which is that that was really interesting to me from a technical standpoint, which I might not be for everybody, but I just like when they do that stuff. Yeah, but there's not a whole lot of that. I've seen three episodes, and there's really not a whole lot of that. Hmm. There's, there was definitely at least one section of the first two episodes that did that kind of thing. Um, so I like that. I I liked the interactions between the dudes, as, and I loved uh, Canadian Pat. Canadian Pat is funny, yes. Because it was actually a little while before I even realized that he could do anything but speak in French taglines. Because a lot of it was just facial expressions and saying stuff in French. Mm-hmm. And then... When he got separated off to a separate team on the second episode, I was like, oh, okay. But Canadian Canadian Pat is uh, the, the standout for me on the show. Uh, the kids are all cute and funny. I'm kind of intrigued as to how they do that because if you actually look at the way the kids are telling them what to do and they're interacting with the kids, they're, they're actually just looking at a wall full of wood. Like they 
put the kids in after the fact, like the TV screens. So I'm wondering if it's all like staged. So I find that because it's not like there's a TV there or a projector or something, which I know is more technical stuff, but I don't know. It's just interesting. Uh, I don't know. I was, I was entertained. It was something, you know, just kind of light that I watched last Friday. And uh, I will I will continue watching it. I, I did learn something from the show, though. Uh, that unicorns can fart glitter? No, but it was from that episode. That I Well, maybe it wasn't from that episode. Maybe it was from the, the next episode. Where, do you know... Uh, unicorn, where do they get... I mean, Una is obviously one, but where do they get corn from? Oh, that was that episode, but I forget what it was. Corn is French for horn. Uh, okay. Who knew? Except everyone in France. C O R N E. So unicorn is one horn in French. Hmm. Oh well, corn is horn in French. Them pouring that rainbow, uh, what was it called? Epoxy the, thing. The like the resin. Yeah. Made me want to do that. And then and then uh, milling it on the lathe. Yeah. Yeah, that looked one beautiful, two fun. Which which horn did you like better? Did you like the wooden one or did you like the uh, resin one? I like the resin one. It was clear. Er, I didn't actually pay too much attention to the wooden one. Now that I think of it, the the resin one looked interesting because it was clear and had multiple colors. But I did think that the painted wooden one looked better. I was actually very surprised that at the race. I, was, I thought it'd be way harder for the people on a tandem bike to win. Yeah, and they crushed him. And then they got to fart the glitter in his face, which was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone that has not seen the show, that that's surreal. very confusing, this conversation. <laughs> so like I said, watch the show and just fast forward to the end. I was like, did like, someone spike my tea? Farting her face glitter. <laughs> my hosts are talking about farting unicorns. I don't know what's going on. Uh, last but not least, a show called Halo, and it is a show that I didn't know what I was going to think about it when it was first announced, because I am not a Halo person. And I'm bitter that I don't get to watch it. And you're not, you didn't really play much Halo either, because it's first person shooter, correct? Yeah, correct. My, my experience with the game Halo, of course, based on a game, well, real quick, uh, this is Halo. It came out on March 31st. Wait, that's not right. And I typed it, and it's still not right. Because it's already out. Good job. It came out uh, uh, a couple days ago. February 31st. On... Nah, it can't have been that. Cause it, I, it just premiered this weekend. Uh, it's on Paramount+. Plus, Starring Pablo Schreiber. Do you know Pablo? doesn't exist. That's true. It was also the Allman Brothers' first band, the 31st of February. Yeah, sorry. There we go. There you go. There's our go. music moment. You are such a music nerd. <clears throat> it stars Pablo Schreiber. Do you know Pablo Schreiber? Liev Schreiber's brother? I don't nah, know if he is. I, I don't just... think so. He might be. Yeah, he plays Master Chief. Yep. And this, but uh, he also, he was porn stash in Orange is the New Black. And the angry leprechaun in, uh, I forget the show's name, which is crazy because I watched Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Great show. Can't remember the name. With the, with uh, it's, I keep wanting to say Good Omens, but it's that was not a that. great show too. Yeah, American. Uh, Natasha McElhorn. There we go. Thank you. 
Yerlin Ha, Bokeem Woodbine. That's a name I've not heard in a while. Uh, Jen oh, Taylor, true. Shalbana Azmi, uh, Olive Gray, and uh, here's a name that you guys should know, Vern Gorman. He's the, the weird dude from uh, Pacific Rim and from uh, some of those British uh, sci-fi shows. I know, anyway. I know the name Charlie Murphy, but I don't think it's the same Charlie Murphy. No, no. <laughs> One, because that's a, believe, a white female, and she's alive. Yes. So many differences. Rest in peace. Uh, anyway, so Halo. Uh, there's been a lot of sci-fi shows that have come out recently, and to various levels of success. You know, there's and sci-fi movies too. You know, you've got Dune, you've got The Expanse, just kind of finished. Uh, there's just a bunch of stuff, and a lot of them kind of do that thing where they drop you in at the beginning of an episode to some kind of weird-looking planet with people in the middle in, of a battle. Uh, more people in like weird garb doing something with the nature of the planet. Like there was, The Expanse did that recently. Um, with like actually the the most recent season of The Expanse had this little girl with this like kind of lizard like creature. And I was like, okay. And it starts off basically with these these kind of kids away from their little base. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And they decide that they're gonna find they find like this hallucinogen under the ground and they're going to take it. And the one is about to take it and see something off in the distance and goes to check it out. And it's uh, alien landing craft. And I was like, okay, so far not impressive. And then as she's, as she comes back and tells her friends like, Oh, let's go see it. And from the area where they are, they get lit up by like laser blasts, but the laser blasts cut them and like literally cut them in pieces. I was like, Oh shit. Like the first one hits someone like diagonally across their legs Mm-hmm. And they go flying one way, and their le- their legs just kind of fall to the ground. Oh wow! Like, and it's that one's kind of off screen almost. The shoe would be like mid mid screen, and then like the next person falling behind her gets gets like vaporized. And I was like, holy shit! And so you end up with this like full on like battle at this outpost, and it was just well choreographed. There was, you know, very like. You look at all of these weapons aimed at this door, and you're like, okay, there's no way whatever these aliens are going to do can possibly get through this, like, Gatling gun and all this other stuff. And, of course, they break down the door, and the aliens get let up, but they've got, like, those that kind of shield that you see wherever the bullets hit it. You know, like the glowing blue shield kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. So it was, it was, just, it was like a crazy battle and then then of course the halo characters arrive and i never really thought much one of the reasons i wasn't a big halo person is i never thought much about the design of the characters like, they always look like these like robotic bmx bikers to me. <laughs> that's funny but they have like the superhero landing you know like the the jump the drop ship comes and they land and they're just massive battle and basically there's only one survivor and that is kind of your everyman person that you actually see the world through their eyes. Of course, you know, they always have to have that in a show. Mm-hmm. That person gets brought back to the base. And throughout all of this stuff, there's this fear of these Spartans, these Halo characters. And you're wondering kind of why. And it turns out that they're basically 
programmed by this um i forget the name of the organization i wrote it down uh the unsc which is like this like big government like universal government body that will send these spartan characters to or to take out any problems so there's just off the bat there's great action and there's at least there's multiple points of conflict there's the the group of people on the ground were like a breakaway republic they were Rebel. They were rebels that just wanted to be on this planet, leave us alone. Mm-hmm. The UNSC wasn't super happy with them and was tentatively leaving them alone. But, of course, when they got involved to quote-unquote rescue them, and they didn't do anything bad to them, but when they rescued them, they were like, okay, why don't you tell all the other break-off republics that we're not that bad? And the the main character, the the main every person character she's like no my father hated you and died trying to get away from you so i'm not doing it so there's like that there's obviously this larger alien contingent that's a problem and the spartans are starting to realize that they've been kind of brainwashed and they're i don't know if they're clones i don't they there's probably something that any halo fan will know more than i will but it's just kind of interesting and the main uh, master chief gets his brain kind of unlocked by touching this artifact and he's starting to have memories of his past and is like, look, if I bring you back to this base, they're going to kill you. So there's kind of a, you got a big battle, you get a chase scene, you get a suspenseful, like, are they going to be able to turn off the autopilot before the ship lands at the main base kind of thing. And I was like, it got over. I was like, shit, it was very rarely recently when a show is over. Am I like disappointed? Can't wait to binge the next one. And I went, I'm like, ah, crap, they only released one. Damn it. Mm. Uh, Online, you know, the the video game Halo people were all pissy about one thing or another. Don't care. I loved it. Uh, Actually, to be honest, both of the shows I watched last night, this one and I'm still doing watching that Lakers show. Both of them have been great. Uh, So I would suggest this one. Well, I think it is time for our top five question. And since Rob was complaining about the Oscars, and he was nice and kept it short, uh, we are going to see how right he is. Oh, I'm right. Uh, with the top five Oscar snubs, and we kind of left this wide open. It doesn't have to be Best Picture. It can be anything, uh, which makes it fairly difficult. And it's there's going to be some personal uh, preferences here, I'm sure, because you can't remember every actor. And none of us, well, one of us was only alive in the 40s. Omar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who wants to start off with their top five Oscar snubs? Um, well, do we have anyone um, that's called in? We do. Oh, do Should we start with that? Alec of mm-hmm. last week's music special fame and of patron of distinction fame. Yes, I changed the name of I, I noticed that it's just no briefly. longer patron of unusual size. No, it's still a patron of unusual size. I was just, you know, you were just trying to it all class it up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we don't do podcast. that shit around no, here. It's top five um, Academy snubs or Oscar snubs. I found this to be actually a really tough list, so um, hopefully you like it. Uh, honorable mention goes to the 1995 Oscars in general. Um, in a year where Heat, Seven, and Casino came out, they decided not to give uh, those movies, many nominations. Uh, I 
I'm not a big Braveheart person. I know that some people are. One best picture, that's fine. But uh, De Niro, you know, probably should have been nominated that year. Seven should have definitely been up for stuff. Uh, those are some classic movies. So anyway, the whole 1995 Oscars makes my honorable mention. As does um, uh, Tom Hanks and Captain Phillips. I don't know if people remember that movie, but it's one of his best performances, and somehow he didn't get nominated. Uh, now to the list. Uh, number five, I have Pam Greer. Uh, for Jackie Brown, I think that was a great performance. And if you look at the people who got nominated that year, I don't know how she didn't get in. Number four, I have, uh, let's see, The Dark Knight not getting nominated for Best Picture in 2008. I was given it Best Picture that year. Number three, I have Al Pacino uh, not getting, not winning the Oscar for The Godfather Part Two, and it's tied to Denzel Washington, so I'm going to tie him there as well, because in 1992, he should have won it for Malcolm X, but they gave it to Al Pacino for Son of a Woman, Mm -hmm. because they didn't give it to him for Godfather Part Two. Uh, Number two, I have Pulp Fiction not winning Best Picture in 1994, and then my number one is Goodfellas not winning Best Picture in 1990. I think Dancing with Wolves won that year. Uh, Forrest Gump won the year that uh, Pulp Fiction won. There's nothing wrong with either of those movies necessarily. I just think that Goodfellas and Pulp Fiction are better. That's my list. Hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. If you look at the people who got nominated. I don't know why it does that. It's Mm. not supposed to. Very good, as usual. That's a solid list. He always brings it. And, And slightly different than what I think we've been talking about. Uh... I guess I can go here. My honorable mention is an entire year as well, but it's 1940 because the the winner was uh, Gone with the Wind, which makes sense. That's, but if you look at – You can't argue that one. I mean – Yeah, but if you look at every other movie that came out this year, I think all of them were worthy because all of them have pretty much held up. Like you're going to know every one of these movies. Okay. And like there's movies from like four years ago, five years ago that you don't know. All right. Um. Love Affair, which is a famous movie. Mm-hmm. Stagecoach. Okay. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yep. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Mm-hmm. Of Mice and Men, Withering yep. Heights. Yep. And Wizard of Oz. Jeez. Like, what was in the water in 1940? That's crazy. Like, that's, that's almost like 1999. Mm-hmm. I mean, 1999 had movies like Fight Club, The Matrix, Green Mile, Being John Malkovich, The Blair Witch Project, American Pie, Sixth Sense. And American Beauty won that year. I mean, while American Beauty was a solid movie, like you were saying, it has it has aged very poorly. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not one of those movies that I'd be like, come on over, guys, let's watch American Beauty. Because you'd be like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to bring my teenage daughter, too? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'll fill up the bathtub with rose petals, Romar. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can relax before the Thursday film. Thursday night for me. <laughs> We can go out in the go out in the garage and wail on our pecs. <laughs> uh, oh, so anyway, good. that was my that's honorable funny. mention. Uh, number five, Star Wars did not win or get nominated mm-hmm. and lost. I guess it's you're lost to it, even if you didn't get nominated to Annie Hall. Yeah, uh, which is uh, just one. Of, it seems like one of the smallest pictures to ever win. And it's just a, I don't know. I and oddly enough, I have family history with that movie, just name related family history, and it just so I watched it, and it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of watch it, and you're like waiting for it to be good. Uh, number four, I'm gonna go uh, Ed Norton. His 
his uh, role in American History X was awesome. And pretty much – and also the same year he played um, – do you remember that movie where he was um, – I think it was like Primal Fear maybe or Primal something? Yeah. Um, where he played – Oh, he was so good in that. It's called. It was called Primal like he Fear. He was with, chillingly uh, good. Uh, Richard Gere. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. – And like – and he ended up losing to Roberto Benigni, the Italian actor who did uh, – was it Life is Beautiful? Which I understand that movie was good. Um. I don't know, the, the only thing I remember about that guy is him walking across the, ste- the seat arms and, like, he's like, I want to kiss you all in the firmament, which I don't even know what that means. But he was so, th- like, happy, which is great <laughs> and cute and all, but Edward Norton was far better. And he still never won, by the way, and he's great. Uh, firmament. <laughs> Goodfellas, losing to uh, Dances with Wolves is my number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, film... People, film students study Goodfellas for everything about it. And I'm not just like pro mafia movie guy. It's just, it's one of those movies you study. Mm-hmm. Uh, Citizen Kane losing to How Green Was My Valley, which I still have never heard of. Yep. And you probably couldn't even find it to watch it if you tried. Citizen Kane, again, studied by filmmakers as how to do something. For, now, I think the, for a long time, considered the best movie in movie history. Yeah, and I think the problem there is it was so ahead of its time that people just didn't get it. That's entirely possible. And uh, my number one will always be my number one, Saving Private Ryan, losing yeah. to Shakespeare in Love. Now, now, to be fair, though, Shakespeare in Love wasn't a bad movie, and it probably got a lot of hate that it didn't deserve for beating Save It Private Ryan, because the movie itself is enjoyable. I saw the movie and was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Nope, hate it. Yeah, well, you're <laughs> that's, wrong. <laughs> that's why I'm never going to buy any vagina-scented candles from Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> and Rob, you are not invited to our American Beauty um, viewing parties. Right, where so we will not be lighting vagina-scented candles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... This I, episode is sponsored by Goop and their vagina-scented candles. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and do mine. I do have a couple of honorable mentions, and I think we all found, like, something a little bit different. Um, I'd I'd like to give a nod to uh, Samuel L. Jackson losing Best Supporting Actor to Martin Landau. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, for his role in Pulp Fiction, lost uh, Best Supporting Actor to Martin Landau for Ed Wood. And I'm like... Mm. Really though, no. And I'd like to. I'd also like to acknowledge Forrest Gump winning Best Picture. I mean, while Forrest Gump is a good movie, um, and I don't feel that it. I'm going to acknowledge a different movie than what most people think because I don't think Pulp Fiction was all that great. I didn't enjoy Pulp Fiction. Um, however, Shawshank Redemption, which was the same year, is an amazing film. And it, yeah, I think I think that's a bad beat, but it's only an honorable mention. Um, and perhaps even uh, Brokeback Mountain losing to Crash in two thousand five. Yeah, I was going to pick that one too, but that's more due to my hate of Crash. Oh well, but than me actually having seen Brokeback Mountain. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, I'll start with my number five. At number five. I'll put one of the ones that I that I was absolutely irate about, and it's more recent. It was in 2018, 
and it was the Oscar for best best song, I believe. And that was This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Losing to Remember Me from Disney's Coco. Now, yes, Remember Me is a fine song, whatever, but it doesn't have near the power or meaning that a song like This Is Me has. Um, and, and I was just shocked that they gave it to Remember Me over This Is Me. This Is Me is just such a much better song. At number four, I've got, um, I've got to put this one in here. It was uh, 1981. Catherine Hepburn won Best Actress for her performance in On Golden Pond. Which, I mean, Catherine Hepburn is a legendary actress, no question about it. On Golden Pond was, eh, was okay, I guess. But the crime was that there was an actress who put forth an amazing performance and didn't even get recognition. She was never even nominated. And that was Faye Dunaway in Mommy Dearest. Oh, damn. Yeah, she was really... That's, she wasn't yeah, even that's a good one. nominated. She's... People still... I'm saying mimic, not like make fun of. Mm-hmm. But still make reference to her. Yeah. No more wire hangers! <laughs> now, for those of you who haven't seen the movie... <laughs> Her performance is significantly better than the what that was you just heard. Yes, absolutely. But, but uh, I, I don't. Uh, there, that was there was good. there was so much raw emotion and insanity in her performance, and she did a wonderful job in that movie. And she didn't even get nominated. So that's my number four. My number three is going to be ones that we've all heard already, and that's Annie Hall beating or Annie Hall over Star Wars in nineteen seventy eight. My number two is uh How Green Was My Valley beating Citizen Kane, widely recognized as one of the greatest movies of all time. And but my number one it, I I cannot believe that the movie didn't win. And Greg already said it, but I can't believe that the movie didn't win. The movie was so impactful and for it to be driving World War II veterans out of the movie because yep. it brought up such strong emotions. I mean, veterans were walking out of the movie crying. They 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 just I, they just couldn't they couldn't do it because it brought it it was so realistic and so true to the memories that they had of that, especially the I mean, it should have won the Oscar on the opening scene of, of D-Day alone. Well, and the but, reasoning they gave, too, why it didn't win, because he had just won for Schindler's List the year before. But, like... Yeah, I don't get not sh- like It's not like, you know... you know. I'm sorry, Rob, the 49ers can't win the Super Bowl again, because uh, right. people... And, we, we don't want to play favorites to Joe Montana. Right, and <laughs> if, you, if you remember earlier in the episode, when I was talking about the whole political bullshit... That's what I was talking about. I'm talking about the internal politics of certain organizations, gotcha. not yeah. actual politics. I misunderstood. And, and it's and it's that kind of bullshit that drives me absolutely insane because because the the best is the best. I mean, you, it, it, you, it shouldn't be that hard to pick it out, and you should not get it as wrong as this organization does so frequently. 
Omar. So it's Saving Private Ryan losing to Shakespeare in Love in 1999. That's my number one. Uh, Omar. <clears throat> yes. Yes, indeed. As the runner-up, third runner-up of best host of the Gimme 5 podcast for the second year in a row, you get to close it out. <laughs> your top five list. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with this. And the reason that I had so much trouble with this was because one, they're films, you know, so they really are a matter of personal opinion. But I also look at it through, like Rob was saying, the internal politics of the organization. So I'm I'm not saying that I agree with it. Um, I get it in in the sense that they're picking whatever it is that that is imp- that seems to be important in that time period. So <clears throat> here's what I mean. One of the ones that I have on here is, um, you know, Goodfellas losing to Dances with Wolves. They're both great movies. I think Dances with Wolves was an excellent movie. I think Goodfellas was a better movie. And yeah, of course I I'm, I'm a fan of all the actors in Goodfellas and I'm a fan of the director and I, you know, that whole genre is great, but it was just a freaking well done movie. Like just the editing, everything. It was just such a really, so it's, it was such a well done movie and not that dances with wolves wasn't, it just, it didn't really have a chance against something like dances with wolves, especially considering what dances with wolves is about. So that's, that's kind of, I agree with you like about internal politics. Um, I, I feel the same way with Forrest Gump and Pulp Fiction. Um, I love Forrest Gump. I think it's a fantastic movie. So well done. Unbelievable. Tom Hanks was amazing in that movie as well. The movie blew everything about it blew, it blew me away. It was just, it was amazing. Um, but there's nothing like Pulp Fiction. Like up to that point, nobody had ever seen anything quite like that there's there's no comparing the two in my opinion but this is just me but tarantino being so new and pulp fiction being so out there it wasn't going to win it wasn't safe enough well but what about shawshank <clears throat> agreed phenomenal movie but it wasn't safe enough if pulp it's fiction too- won i would have loved to see a guy in a gimp costume up there on stage accepting <laughs> come out and accept <laughs> that's kind of funny um i also have i'm, I'm doing these in no particular anus and walks off <laughs> i'm doing these in no particular order except for the last one um i feel the need to unmute myself and laugh because i did actually laugh but i had my mic muted so <laughs> there you get that there, there was laughter at the anus picking up comment but i just had my mute my mic <laughs> it was it was worthy of my laughter uh um, I'm gonna also go something odd, uh, an odd something odd. I mean the movie, Fargo losing to English Patient. Yeah, I can see that. Um, both both good movies. English Patient, I didn't think was that great. I didn't dislike it, but Fargo was such a unique mm-hmm. movie. Oh, yeah, it was so interesting. Yeah. It was so different, right? And it just it was so new and 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 unseen. It didn't really have a chance, in my opinion, because of that internal politics, right? Um. That's three. 
Number four, I didn't know this, but as I was kind of like researching this and looking around, I mean, I kind of still am having trouble believing this, but Kubrick never won an Oscar for director, apparently. That is correct. Which is kind of wild to me. That was one of the things that I came across was the year that he should have gotten something, because wasn't it, he he directed 2001, right? He did that. He did Correct. Dr. Strangelove. Right. And both of those movies were years where, where it actually came up that they got that they got it wrong as far as best picture. So. Right. So it, that, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting snub. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, how do you never get it? Like, how, how is that possible? Um, and then I have other things listed here, but for my number one, because that's, that's my, that was my fourth one. But for my, my, my biggest one, and I, and I know it's redundant, but Saving Private Ryan. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> and I agree with you, Rob. Shakespeare in Love was a really good movie. <clears throat> I, I, I have no problem with it. I mean, it, it, was, it was very well done. It was, good. it was a very engaging, it was a great movie. But fucking Saving Private Ryan, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. that's not even, not even angry. Well, it's not even close. It's not even a thing. It's not even close. I need an angry sound effect when people say nice things about <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> but that's fine, and of course, and that's the other thing with with this any list like this, especially this. It's it's all really pretty subjective, but I do agree that with Rob with the the internal politics of it just makes th- like some years you know they just give it to whomever because they haven't gotten it yet. That's sort of that's what it feels or because- like. Or like in the case with Denzel Washington, who who I believe you are correct, should have won for Malcolm X. They gave it to Pacino for Scent of a Woman because they snubbed him the previous year. And it's like, that's why? That's bullshit. Yeah. And Scent of a Woman was like great. A makeup call in a football game. Mm-hmm. You didn't hit the quarterback late this play, but you or, but you did two plays before, so penalty. So let me ask you a question. Should uh, Denzel Washington have gotten it for um, when he played the police officer, the corrupt cop in that movie. Training I can't day. The name of the movie offhand. I don't know who he was up training against, day. but I did. And by I the did way, I love that role. Day. He was great. I I can't remember who else he was, was that year. He either. was up and over the top in that role, and that's one. Of, see, I'm I'm not somebody who really likes Denzel Washington. In, in fact, most most of the oh, things that he does, I. I don't really like the movies that he's in. Um, he's one of those actors who I don't think has a very big range. He always plays the same character no matter what role he's in. He plays Denzel Washington. That's kind of true. He plays Denzel Washington in almost every movie that he's in. Training Day was one of those ones that I think was an exception. Um, and the problem is, is unlike a character, unlike a character actor like, um, say, Mark Wahlberg or even Keanu Reeves, um they tried to shoo Denzel Washington into these roles where he plays Denzel Washington in movies where the role of Denzel Washington doesn't really fit. Whereas Mark Wahlberg, who play, who very often just plays Mark Wahlberg, but he always plays movies in, or he always plays Mark Wahlberg in a movie where Mark Wahlberg fits. You know what I mean? <laughs> where it's called for. Right. But I agree that the like some of the best actors that we you know, whatever twentieth century whatever, um, they kind of play themselves a lot. Like I mean, even De Niro, mm-hmm. he's just always De Niro. Mm-hmm. 
but he's whatever the hell he's doing, he's doing it right. But that's but that's why I don't mind Denzel Washington either. Like De- Washington is one of those actors that if if his name is attached to a movie, I'm automatically interested. And see when when I think De Niro, there are a couple of roles that come to mind immediately, and the ones that jump to my mind first when I think of De Niro aren't even the quote unquote De Niro roles. Because when I think of De Niro, the first roles that jump to my mind are the gay pirate in Star. Analyze this. <laughs> um, meet the parents. <laughs> there was a great right. movie he was in where he played the upstairs neighbor of like a either a drag queen or a trans person, and it was like really understated and actually really good. Mm-hmm. And also analyze this with Billy Crystal. Yeah. Just a okay. uh, back to Training Day real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is a little. I was a little torn on because the director of that I loved. His name was Anton Fuqua, and his one of his first yeah. movies was The Replacement Killers, which a lot of people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. But like that was like peak blockbuster time for us, and I loved that movie. Right. Why does that sound familiar? It was with Who was uh, Mira Servino and Chow Yun Fat. It was like yeah. the first Chow Yun Fat action movie okay. in America, and like I still yeah. remember waiting remember. for that movie to become like purchasable mm-hmm. uh, off of the wall because it was so good. So I was very like I was looking forward to Training Day. And technically, I still like replacement killers better, but still, uh, we have to. Uh, you were the guy that's. Here. Yes. <clears throat> did we so, did we uh, have any other Collins or was it just Alec? Just Alec. Oh, I thought you said you had Jubals. Also, never mind. Um, I could do voices. Like Grandpa Shecky called in. Yes. The uh... hey, cat on the hot tin roof, huh? <laughs> Something like that. I'm allowed to do that voice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That Schmendrick Ben Stiller should have won for Meet the Parents. (laughs) What a mensch. I'm going to get haunted by all of my relatives who would literally all all sound like that. Even the women, oddly enough. I did did not expect that voice when I woke up this morning. (laughs) Okay. Well, guys, that'll do it for this week. Um, if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us what you think, you can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. You could find us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. You can email us directly, Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com, or you can go directly to our website, Give Me Five Podcast.com. And as always, guys, that's F I V E, not the number five. You got to spell it out. And please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It helps us stand out and it helps other people find us. We're trying to move back up the charts in Fiji. Fiji, come back. <laughs> and you can always go to our to our storefront, give me five podcast.threadless.com to get all of your give me five podcast branded merchandise. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys. And like I always say, I don't have a saying to end the show with. I'm looking since you mentioned it. Let's see where, what country we have. Uh, we are up three spots in Zimbabwe to number nice. 133. Ooh. In the entire world, we are 11,242. <laughs> wow. Um, 
if you break that down to comedy shows, we are 1,268. That means there's 1,267 people that think they're funnier than us. And they, they would be wrong. Yeah. And uh, if you're talking about, uh, in the entire world, uh, things that talk about movies and film, we're number 711. Ooh. Oh, we also have jumped into the charts in Thailand. Uh-oh! What, what? Oh, what, man. what? Absolutely. Oh, sweet, delicious Penang. <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> Dude, I'm we number two twenty six. We are number 226 in Thailand. All right, wow. Ah, chicken Penang. Oh, man, Penang curry. Oh, love it. <laughs> are you listening, Thai tourist board? <laughs> Bring us over. Yeah, hell <laughs> Fly yeah. us down and show us the ropes. Beat us and, Penang. Uh, exactly. I will do the top five best Penangs in Thailand. I will have no problem doing it. Ooh. Is that you sound like you're accepting a dare? Oh, uh, they would do the like Thai Thai spicy. I can't do Thai, Thai spicy. I can do spicy. I can't do Thai spicy. Oh, I would imagine it's And I will do the top 5 plastic surgeries that Greg had in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> There's so, sure you've seen my first penis. Have you seen second penis? <laughs> <laughs> second penis. <laughs> That the official title? <laughs> I think that would actually get us banned in Thailand. Penis remastered. Penis re- 2.0? I don't know. 